0: Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Holden,
1: you finally got to me. We're not reviewing The Rings of Power this week. We'll <laughs> yes, do it all right. at the end, all right? End yeah, of the season.
0: It's a, it's a bit of a... A compromise, whereas I was just loathing uh, doing it every week. Now, instead, I can just hate myself for four hours uh, (laughs) in, like, three weeks. (laughs) Yes. So, peel off the Band-Aid all at once. All right, perfect. So, what are we doing instead, Olman? Yeah, well, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of the latest episode of House of the Dragon, as well as the first three episodes of Andor on Disney+, Plus, the new Star Wars show, and uh, Don't Worry Darling, the new uh, movie... Uh, in theaters <laughs> the new <laughs> movie in theaters what a description yes. <laughs> uh yeah
1: <laughs> Lawrence Pugh, Harry Styles Olivia Wilde Chris Pine that one uh, yes. not the one in Pinocchio um yes. there we go yeah no lack of content despite not reviewing the rings of power so let's dive right in yes
0: that one, one movie podcast is. <laughs> All right, first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Oh boy, Holden, let's do the Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The, toms. the, toms. the, toms. the toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Alright, Holden, what trailers do we have this week? Alright, we'll start with a uh, Knock at the Cabin, um, which is the new M Night Shyamalan film. Very excited for <laughs> that. Um but yeah, this is uh, more, looks like a low-budget thriller kind of thing, Kind of, a la his more recent films like Old or The Visit or something like that. Um, but what did you think of this trailer, Jimmy? Uh, it is nonsensical
1: maybe in a good way i don't know it's it's m night shaman all i need to see is his name and i'm automatically (laughs) going to be excited for the movie because no matter what m night is swinging for the fences Mm -hmm. he's your classic power hitter comes up to the plate he's either going to strike out or he's going to hit a home run um you know (laughs) a little bit of a slump right now old was (laughs) Not a great movie, but man, was it entertaining. So I'm yeah. looking forward to this. It seems absurd. Um, knock at the cabin. Why is yeah. it just like knock at knock at the cabin? Are they knocking on the cabin? Wouldn't it be at the door?
0: Yeah, it's like it, it's a weird title. It doesn't really roll off the tongue very well. It's It seems like a nonsensical phrase, but I mean, maybe the content of the movie will support that weird title. That's what I hope. Otherwise, it's just confusing. Knock,
1: knock. Who's there? There is no door. Yeah. I'm at Night <laughs> Shyamalan. That's the twist. <laughs> it's the twist. Um, uh, if there I, is I, no twist, I'll be disappointed. So I'm, I'm hoping for a twist and yeah. like the fate of the world is at hand. Dave Bautista is going through the woods with his good <laughs> friend, Ron Weasley. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh, we'll see. Uh. Uh, one thing I will say that looks good is uh, Dave Bautista uh, looks like he's gonna he's he's uh, doing pretty good. And I was uh, one of the most consistent things in this in the comment sections I was seeing was people commending just how like good of an actor he is actually. Oh, he's um, easily the best wrestling star turned actor. I think. Yeah, I mean yeah. John Cena's he's
1: proved his comedic chops. Mm-hmm. And The Rock is just charismatic. But yeah. I think John Cena and The Rock kind of they can only do one thing, whereas Dave Bautista can do a lot of different things. He's got the most yeah. range.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. And he seems to just like pick really good or at least unique pro- projects for the most part. Um, I mean, we'll yes, see like, is like that good. one where ew,
1: isn't is he with like Camille Nanjiani or something? Which one was that? Oh, U- yes. Stuber. <laughs> Stuber. I, I never I never saw it. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I remember that trailer being everywhere. And Um, then the one where he's, like, a spy and there's,
0: like, a girl. My spy, yeah. Yes. Those two movies exist in the same, like, place in my brain. Like, they just seem like the same movie (laughs) to me, but... (laughs) Um. yeah I, the other thing just before we move on I had mentioned this to you in, when we saw this trailer in theaters is the, the general consensus of the source material seems to be that it sucks so cool. it's based on a book and that's just kind of what I was seeing online about the about the book so well here's the thing though it could be one of
1: those things where it's like oh interesting concept that they failed to execute here's sure. how I would make it better it could be one of yeah. those Um. just like how the
0: movie old (laughs) is kind of like that it's yeah that's true not executed very well yeah so so we'll see i am definitely excited for it (laughs) yeah so uh i'll give it a brokaw yeah why not m
1: night brokaw he's still going at it i can't wait to see who he plays in the movie
0: yeah (laughs) um then the next trailer is uh, disney's new film strange world uh, there was previously like a short teaser or something i think we, maybe we had talked about but this is kind of a f- first full trailer we've gotten um but this is new disney animated film coming out in november i believe not pixar uh, correct not pixar okay no. um what do you think of this trailer, Jimmy?
1: I like the idea. So, like they they introduced the idea of there's three de- um, generations kind of experiencing this mm-hmm. film, and I think that will make it more relatable. So, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be a neat concept um, if they can make that those relationships feel genuine and authentic to what they are like in real life. So, I think that's a, a an interesting angle to bring to this movie, where it's kind of a swashbuckling adventure in this. Strange world. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I like that. Also, animation looks great. I mean, just basically indistinguishable indistinguishable from Pixar at this point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks like there's going to be a bunch of fun creatures. They have a nice setup for a solid movie. Now we just got to see if they deliver on the, the promise.
0: Got a cute little alien that'll be good merchandising, you know, a little squishy guy. Yeah, Splat, um, I think they said. Yeah, I called him Splat um jake gyllenhaal voices the main character um but yeah no it looks like it could be fun um it's kind of weird that i i mean we're a couple less than a couple months out from this at this point and I, there's just like nothing about it that, like it doesn't seem like there's a ton of marketing put behind this one yet but we'll see it'll probably be a hit at least on disney plus like in yeah, i don't was. know
1: i don't know about this one i don't I I just kind of filed it away as something I wasn't all that excited about. I I mean, even though it looks like an interesting premise, I'm still not like anticipating it. No, highly.
0: I'm not either. But it like just in terms of like I think a lot of people. I think it could be a hit just with general audiences and everything. It just seemed, I mean, it is a Disney movie after all.
1: Yeah, um, I, I agree. It, I agree that I, I could see this not doing super well at the box office and then doing very well on Disney Plus
0: through word of yes. mouth. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll give the trailer a Brokaw, sure. Brokaw for trailer. me as well, Holden. And then uh, the final trailer and the weirdest one is uh, for Bardo, uh, False Chronicles of something truths or something like that I don't remember the full title
1: um you, you know a- Alejandro González and and his long subtitles I'll yeah. Try to remember.
0: yeah so this is the new movie from Alejandro González and who is the director of Birdman and The Revenant which were both pretty good movie both very good movies actually um but and he hasn't made a movie since The Revenant I don't think so this is seven years since that I was like I was in high school yeah <laughs> um yeah so i mean i was i when i heard he had a new movie coming and i was like "Ooh!" and this one's coming out on netflix jimmy what do you think of this trailer um well i still haven't seen birdman i gotta
1: sit down and watch that but um oh, it's so good have seen the revenant yes uh which i want to rewatch that too because mm-hmm. back when that looked good on your nice big tv it jimmy. would back when domino gleason was just in all these movies in one year that was his star wars ex machina and the revenant kind of oh, okay. just what a year for him um i looked up bardo it's in tibetan buddhism it's a state of existence between death and rebirth varying in length according to a person's conduct in life and manner of or at, age at death um so interesting it definitely seems very surreal Mm-hmm. It looks like it takes place in Mexico is kind of. Yeah, I
0: think. I think it is Spanish language. Um, it looks
1: very pretentious. I am. Not, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to like this one. I think well, it'll yeah, be th- well done. But I, I'm i just like, I don't know if I'm excited for this movie um, because it is. It just kind of has that uh, that vibe of. Um, oh, gosh, I, I'm thinking of ending things or just. Hyper surreal, ambiguous all the time. What is happening? Mm-hmm. I and slow, and I mean, it looks gorgeous. I mean, obviously, Alejandro Gonzalez to with his kind of uh classic style of the wide angle lenses and very well lit and everything. And his movies are are gorgeous, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I don't know if I will. This will be the movie for me, it's kind of where I'm at. So I'm kind of yeah. at a Bergeron personally. But uh, if that's your thing, I mean, this guy's clearly established himself as an excellent director, one of the three uh, Trace amigos del cine. I think they call themselves Guillermo del Toro, Alfonso Cuaron, and Alejandro gonzalez Inarritu, all from Mexico City. Um, mm-hmm. So they're all cashing in on these Netflix deals, too. I mean, yeah. Roma, <laughs> we got Pinocchio coming out, Guillermo del Toro, and now this one, Bardo. So we'll we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I'm at a Bergeron.
0: Yeah, I think I'm kind of at a Bergeron too. It it looks it looks like it could be interesting. Um, I don't know. My guess is we probably won't do it for the podcast unless it gets nominated for like Best Picture or something. Just because it's coming out at a really busy time for other movies, uh, so I'm not sure we'll have time to get to it. But I was also apparently. It, it was, like, really long initially. Like, oh, maybe, like, close to four hours. No. Oh, no. Um, but I think... I, I don't know if it was actually that long, but after it premiered at Venice, apparently, like, he cut out, like, a, at least a half hour of the movie. That's so still it too is, too Now I'm less excited. Yeah, I, I don't... And once again, I don't know exactly how long it was, but um, that's just kind of the vibe I got. But... Um, yeah i it's interesting visually and everything we'll see i'll probably watch it at some point regardless if we do it for the podcast or not just because i'm i like his work but i'm with you it does look like kind of pretentious and like it might be a little self-indulgent we'll see though Uh, i'll give it a on. all right sweet and that's all for trailers correct holden Yes, that's all for trailers. And we actually don't have much for news. Um, Thank goodness. So, I don't want to yeah. have to talk to Holden more than I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's got a, a dinner date with his mom he's got to go to. So. Yeah. Um, first off, though, I think this was something that came out yesterday. Uh, James Earl Jones has officially retired as Darth Vader. Um, he's no longer going to be voicing him himself but he sold the rights to his voice to be used as AI generated speech jimmy. There you go.
1: What a <laughs> great decision, honestly. Uh just it, yeah cash out. Why not? <laughs> why not? I mean yeah I mean it's gonna sound better than his voice now anyway. The guy's old I mean like mm-hmm. he's he went to M night Shyamalan's beach and he's just old now. So yeah. it, just <laughs> cash out. Why not? He'd less work for you the voice will sound great. It sounded good in the Obi-Wan series. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. Obviously, legendary career um, and voice acting, especially for Darth Vader and then like Mufasa and um, the Lion King. But, yeah, why not? I say good for you. Cash out. Get the money. Uh, enjoy the, the rest of your days because you deserve it. I, Broke yeah,
0: I agree. I, I'm, it's going to be nice, like, still being able to hear his voice as Darth Vader. And I mean, maybe this means that I i think in the past he hasn't always voiced Darth Vader, like maybe for some of the animated stuff and whatnot. But now I think it'll, they'll just have that voice for everything. Yeah, like, just, why not?
1: Just do it. And they can um, do like a deep fake thing where it's like, you know, you have an impersonator and then they just t- tweak it that extra 20% yeah. to get it
0: as a close close of a match as you can get so yeah that would be cool um my devil's advocate though here i don't i don't know exactly how i feel about like voice actors just selling their rights to their voices and then they just keep using that in perpetuity like i don't know i feel like give new voice actors a chance and stuff like i don't know i don't want that to be like a, a common thing that starts happening
1: I don't know. I've if you're so synonymous with the character like James Earl Jones is to Darth Vader,
0: mm-hmm. then I would say, that yeah. Makes like sense. I, I don't really have a problem in this case, but I just hope it's not. It doesn't become that common of a practice. Well, um. uh, hold on. I forgot to mention. I'm selling my voice to oh.
1: Disney as well, and they are just going to use AI to record
0: these episodes well actually i have not actually been here since the very first episode <laughs> of the podcast <laughs> oh wow it's pretty incredible <laughs> incredible technology um, um but yeah i'll give i'll give this retirement a broka. sure good for him yeah brokaw's out all around um there we go uh other big news for this week uh we got confirmation that we are getting a new Cloverfield <laughs> film jimmy <laughs> <laughs> So,
1: uh, you know, it would be like a Cloverfield is also like a coin flip, like Robert Zemeckis, or it's like, <laughs> is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? I would love a Cloverfield movie created by Robert Zemeckis, directed by I, him. That would be the ultimate
0: what is going to happen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, it's a coin flip, but it's only because one of them was r- really pretty bad and the other two are pretty, are, like, pretty good. Um. The Overlord,
1: that Nazi zombie movie, was going to be a Cloverfield movie. And that was decent. I think some people like it better than I think it deserves to be liked. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know. They've been talking about Cloverfield movies forever. When was that last one came out?
0: What, four, five years ago? Oh, geez. Well, that was before we did the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was my freshman year of college, so that would have been 2018. It dropped on the, on the day of the Super Bowl or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. nearly five years ago then. So, does it, like, okay, just if it's good, if you have a good idea for it, then just make it. But I would also argue that, so 10 Cleverfield Lane, the, the best of them. I haven't seen the original, actually. Um, I'm wondering how well it
0: holds up, (laughs) but, um, I remember liking, I guess I haven't watched it since high school. I remember liking it though, but yeah, 10 Cloverfield's the best one. 10 Cloverfield Lane was literally
1: just a script, a different script that they turned into a Cloverfield movie. And the parts of that movie that I think are the worst are the Cloverfield parts. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if that you should like consider that a a good Cloverfield movie because the
0: worst parts <laughs> of that movie were the parts where it was Cloverfield. Yeah, it is. It's weird because um, this one, as far as I know, like they're making this as a Cloverfield movie because um, there's like no details about the plot. It doesn't have even like a script name or anything. It does have director and writer attached uh, the director is Babak Anvari and the writer is Joe Barton wasn't really familiar with any of the stuff seems like they're both relatively newcomers um but yeah, so I don't know this might be like a sequel to one of them or I don't know I think it's I I think the concept of of Cloverfield being a weird anthology series that's kind of all connected is more interesting though I would rather see, like, even if Cloverfield Paradox didn't really work, and as you said, the ending of 10 Cloverfield didn't really work either, I'd be more interested in just seeing something like that, different types of movies.
1: I don't know. I'm at a Bergeron for this one.
0: Yeah, I am too. I mean, there's not much known.
1: So I feel like Cloverfield is kind of a a dead
0: franchise. It is weird that they uh, they keep pushing it. Um, every five years <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uh anyway um my final piece of news is that the producers of james bond so that's like the broccoli family and whatnot uh, they want the next james bond on board for at least 10 to 12 years um and their quote was, "The thing is, it's going to be a couple years off regarding the new uh, James Bond movie. And when we cast Bond, it's a ten to twelve year commitment. Not everybody wants to do it. It was hard enough getting Daniel Craig to do it, <laughs> 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 which is funny. I, it, to me, it, like this is kind of like a weird." I was seeing a lot of headlines for this. I guess it was a slow movie news week, but it makes sense, right? Because you only get one of these movies like every three to four years or in Daniel Craig's case, like every five to seven years or something yeah. like. Um, Quantum so it makes, of Solace wasn't that far off. Just no, reality, that was like two years after. I guess the only one that was way after was No Time to Die. Well, wait, Skype. Skyfall.
1: wait no that's 2012 right and then
0: oh yeah so i guess there was a five-year gap
1: there and then specter was 2015 i think and then no time to die i don't know i always forget specter exists (laughs) yeah (laughs) i try to block (laughs) that movie out of my mind um
0: but yeah um i don't know do you have any thoughts about i can't wait for harry styles to be james bond for 12 years yeah, that would be fantastic, wouldn't
1: it? Matt Smith.
0: That would I would I would be okay with a Matt Smith. I, I think, think he would, would have fun. fun. Yeah. I don't know who else could do it. Um. Jared Leto. <laughs> Jared Leto. Um, gosh. I mean, I I, I know, he, I'm pretty sure he's come out and said it's not going to happen, but I do think Idris Elba would be really good. Yeah, he's just,
1: he's aging out of that role. He could do yeah. one, like a standalone thing. I don't know. Um, uh, I don't really, Bergeron, I don't know. I James Bond has never been one of my favorite franchises. Tom
0: Hiddleston. Get Tom Hiddleston. Um, yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron as well. Um, I think that is it as far as movie news Jimmy I don't was there any game stuff I don't know any, any game stuff
1: but I do know that TV wise that um, Vince Gilligan announced that oh, he's yeah. doing a show with Ray Sehorn, who is Kim Wexler from Better Call Saul um, mm-hmm. who somehow did not win an Emmy <laughs> any <laughs> any year which is remarkable uh,
0: yes but somehow remarkably did not win an Emmy and was only nominated this year I think this was the only year she got a nomination for it I thought did I
1: say that Better Call Saul did not win any Emmys ever which is ridiculous
0: yeah so I mean like I said next year is their last opportunity um, that's
1: crazy, especially with the quality of the last season in particular. that's absurd.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I mean they're they're going off of the first half of the season for this year's Emmys. so you like plan an execution really. There's like you don't have any like even a directing or writing award for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, fine. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's cr- one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. just not even really noticed uh that well it just goes to award just just goes to show that awards you know do they matter do they not matter i mean great if you get them i wouldn't worry about it if you
0: don't um but you so did you say it's coming to apple tv plus apple tv plus yeah is that where it's going i think so yeah i couldn't i didn't remember if you mentioned that but yeah i think it's going to apple tv plus some sci-fi show yeah Um, we'll see yeah, uh, Clearly, she's a great actress, so that's exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Vince Gilligan, clearly a, a great uh, writer and director and creator of, of television content in particular. So, yeah, I would be eagerly anticipating anything that he makes. So I'm going to give it a Thomas two thumbs up, broka.
0: I will as well. And I actually, you, since you mentioned TV, there was a bit of news that I forgot last week that I was actually very excited to talk about um but amazon uh has a blade runner tv show being made yeah 2099 or something yeah it's yeah blade runner 2099 um I've seen it in the articles labeled as a sequel to 2049. I mean, obviously, there's 50 years in there. (laughs) So I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a sequel in the fact that it is literally set after that movie. But uh, I don't know how much it'll actually connect to it. But apparently Ridley Scott is on as a producer uh, role, obviously. Um but I think that's really all that's known about it. What? Would, how do you feel about that, Jimmy?
1: I feel like Amazon is just dumping more money into the ether. <laughs> um, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, great. Blade, Blade Runner 2049 is exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, A series, you know, hopefully it's a cool world. I mean, could be good. I don't know. Depends on who you get to show showrun it. So we'll see. I mean, I'd be... Interested, I don't know if I'd be like, oh, day one, I am watching whatever comes out. I think it's a wait and see for me, Mm -hmm. but uh, financially does not make sense at all because Blade Runner has never done well financially. (laughs) And I don't know, but about you, but Amazon, it's not like you have you know just dumped a billion dollars into something that has been moderately successful lately. I think you need a little bit more clear winners um so maybe they can produce it for somewhat of a cheap budget but i blade runner it's like i can't imagine that being all that cheap
0: yeah i mean i i'm definitely excited for it if i'll i mean we don't know anything about it so if it's you know we start seeing images and footage and it looks. Cool, like twenty ninety nine. I'll be. i I might be there day one. Honestly, I, I. I love that movie so much. Um, but, um, depends that's on it's more like that than the original. Yeah, it depends on the trailer. Yeah, Christopher Nolan would fight
1: you over that those words, Holden. <laughs> He's seen it like fifty times or
0: something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'll give it a Broca. Excited. I'll give it a Bergeron. Okay. um, That is it for news then, Jimmy. All right, shall we talk about some hot D, Holden? Yes, some hot D. Let's do it. All right, putting the hot D on. Okay, I realized my video has been frozen this whole time. <laughs> That's okay, Holden.
1: I usually just kind of watch the waveform to make sure it's working. Anyway, oh, okay. but we you got don't want to actually look at me. Well, I try not to. I avoid it at all costs. In fact, mm-hmm. that's the only reason I like to do it virtually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Hot D Holden episode five. We liked the way. Uh, I would maybe say that this is the best episode of the show so far. Spoiler review, spoiler discussion. I should say, coming I at you right so- now. What do you think, Holden?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I also think it's the best one so far. Um, I unfortunately, I probably watched this one Sunday or Monday, so pretty early on. So it was like the earliest I watched any of these episodes, and then I didn't have time to scrub through it before this. So I'm quickly pulling up the Wikipedia to try to yeah. remember everything that happened, but you might have to lead it, Jimmy.
1: Yeah, I did scrub through it again today because I watch them all as soon as they come out, which is like. Usually a couple hours after we record this podcast, <laughs> which I, we would stay up, you know, if if it would just come out like an hour or two earlier, we could do the podcast afterwards. But that'd be pretty cool. It's too late for me to stay up with work on the next day. But uh, I did scrub through it earlier today and I forgot like, man, this isn't just a jam packed episode mm-hmm. that. So first off, you get the opening scene of um, of Matt Damon <laughs> going to. uh Going to uh, where the veil and just taking out his wife, Rhea. I think they pronounce it Rhea, uh, <laughs> which is just gruesome. I I don't know if he came planning on killing her. It he, he seems a little indecisive, but uh, at least hurting her he causes this accident and just, <laughs> just smashes her head in with a rock, which, which is implied. So... I mean Damon Targaryen he's just has such a presence he's been dominating any scene that he's in. The Matt Smith Matt Smith has been incredible in the role. Yeah, he's it's killing hard, it. Hard to imagine anybody else playing this character at this point. Um so apparently so the in the inside the episode or or the behind the scenes one of the things that they created that's kind of hinted at in the in the book version that's not like explicitly like Damon comes and kills his wife but uh You could maybe infer that as the reader, so they just went for it here and said, this is how it happened, and I thought it was an effective opening scene to the episode, because I'm like, who is this person, Mm -hmm. and the reveal of it, you get a great, even though she hardly says anything, you get a great characterization of her, and um, (laughs) you get to know her right before she's murdered, and I thought it was
0: very (laughs) effective. Yeah, I was I was almost disappointed in that cuz I was like, oh, this she might seem like a fun character and if she had been kept around, it would have been just cool seeing her put Damon in his place and stuff and but oh well. Yeah, she's gone. Alas. And then, <laughs> then we go
1: to the, to Driftmark, which is the Valerian Castle. Mm-hmm. Um because Viserys is going to basically say, hey, we should, Laenar and uh, Rhaenyra, I almost said Daenerys, Rhaenyra need to get married so we can unite our houses. You know, wouldn't it be great to unite our houses? (laughs) Only I had the opportunity a few years ago to unite our houses. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And boy, Viserys is looking rough, just throwing up off the side of the ship. They have this scene where they show his skin. Apparently it's like leprosy. Is Oof. I I guess um, uh, maybe according to the book or something, is what I've heard. So that is uh yeah he <laughs> he's not doing very well. And I love the power dynamic here where he's the king, but he's basically he does not have control over this kind of deal and this negotiation with mm-hmm. the Valerians. Maybe he would have had he married Lena, uh, the daughter, but now he's coming uh to them out of necessity, basically. And I love to see Corlys and Rhaenys kind of use that power to kind of uh, first off, they don't even show up when he arrives, <laughs> um, which is a statement in of itself. But then they, yeah, kind of, I liked that. That was, I was like, dang. And they negotiate that the, the children of Rhaenyra and uh, Lainar will be Valerian until they go to the throne, then they become Targaryens. Mm hmm. So good for them. And then, of course, we get the whole sequence with Rhaenyra and Lenar kind of coming to their little deal of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, as they kind of put together the pieces that, oh, Lenar is gay. he is He's not going to be really interested in a relationship with Rhaenyra. And is not really interested in a relationship with him. But politically, it makes sense. They yeah. can negotiate this deal where it's going to be like, hey, you can have this and I'll have this. And it's a win win. And they both seem to be on board with that. Um, we get to see kind of his relationship with Sir Joffrey, not Baratheon, yeah. but uh, Joffrey. I don't remember his last name. And, you know, they seem really nice together. It'd be a shame if anything happened to them. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's like it's all set in place. They're setting the stage for the wedding. And, and one of the scenes I really enjoy. or oh, first off, before I jump to a different scene, Driftmark, I thought, looked really cool. I don't know what your thoughts were of it, Holden.
0: Oh, wait, sorry, what? I sneezed and I just <laughs> missed what you said.
1: I said Driftmark, the Valerian castle, I thought was really cool, especially if you watch the house that the dragons built or whatever, the, the behind the scenes featurettes that they have. All yeah, the no, I, I, props and stuff, are I thought were really cool.
0: Yeah, no, it, it definitely had its own unique identity from all of the other, um, uh, like, castles and King's Landing and all of that. Uh, something that uh, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power does not do, but <laughs> 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 I won't kick that show anymore until we watch it uh, in a few weeks. Wow. Um, okay. I, I just thought it was, like, each
1: each little item in there it was almost like a museum for Corliss Valerian this guy who did all these expeditions and mm-hmm. all these stories and you know it's only on screen for so much but you just watch the behind the scenes and all the care and the thought that went into all that all of that sure. stuff is just really cool um and just it, you can just it, even though you don't see it explicitly while you're watching mm-hmm. it that kind of it gives that underlying atmosphere that just brings the quality to the next level. So I enjoyed yeah. that. I was going to talk about the scene between Otto and Alicent. I thought was great, okay. too. Otto has been obviously dismissed as the Hand of the King. He's yeah. leaving the Red Keep, and it's raining, and Alicent kind of goes to say goodbye, and he's just like, you, you done goofed, Alicent. You have sided with the If you continue down this path, you think it's going to be all like sunshine and roses, but your children are going to die. Like they're going to be murdered by your quote unquote friend. You need to <laughs> defend yourself. She is your enemy. And just the way he kind of poses that. And then also kind of defends his actions as like, yeah, yeah, I want Aegon to be the king because yeah, he is related to me. Great. But also... If Rhaenyra becomes the queen, there very likely will be war. So he's justifying Mm -hmm. his position that way, too. And it is like Otto Hightower. How much of it is just selfishness and how much of it is he actually wants to defend the interests of the realm? And I I don't know. And
0: that's what I like about him he's such a hard character to read, uh, even just with facial expressions and everything. It's really just hard to tell what he's like feeling at any point, uh, which isn't, I mean, that's, I think a compliment to, uh, Reese Fon's performance, uh, just that he manages to make it so captivating. And we, we just know nothing about like what's behind this, what seems like a facade, uh, but how much of it is honest and how much isn't. Yeah. Reese Iphons has been great.
1: Um, yeah all the performers really have been have been excellent and mm-hmm. there's another scene where Allison t- and it's like I think it's Laris what's their last name Smart or something I forget he's related oh. to the new Hand of the King he's his son oh yeah yeah and this remember. he's one of those characters where I'm like I have not the, that whole family I have not really known about them so I feel like I need to I would like to rewatch the episodes in the season at some point because I feel like there's stuff, they're setting up stuff that I haven't noticed or they are little character things happening that I haven't noticed. But he talks to Alicent about, oh, yeah, you know, your father was a good guy. It's a shame he was dismissed. And, you know, my father's the new hand of the king. But, oh, you know, I hope Rhaenyra is doing well because she had that medicine delivered to her the night your father got dismissed. The yeah, <laughs> medieval Westeros plan B Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think he is he's like he just drops that information for allison i don't know what his intentions are i I, yeah it's
0: it's it's a little confusing we don't know anything about this guy um and obviously it, it seems weird if he's like just i i mean it it Initially, it read to me like he was... I actually didn't even know who this character was, so it's good that you cleared it up <laughs> as to who he was. But I, it seemed to me that he was like really upset that um, Otto Hightower was no longer in the hand of the king, or he seemed at least somewhat upset about it. And so I was taking that as, oh, this is like maybe he's with Otto or he, uh, in some capacity, and this is all just a behind-the-scenes kind of thing. But... Now that you clarified that he's actually the son of the current hand. That wouldn't make a ton of sense to me, but we'll see. Yeah, he's he's doing
1: something, but he's obviously aligning himself with Alicent mm-hmm. for reasons I guess we'll find out. Is he just trying to really establish himself and get power? Is he a little a little finger type character? I don't know what he's doing, but uh, we'll find out as we go along. Um, but then of course, hold on, we just get we get um oh, I guess before the wedding <laughs> another scene that happens is you have um Sir Kristen Cole accidentally spills the beans to Allison about uh, his uh, nightly fling with Oh yeah. <laughs> with uh, Rhaenyra, which is another scene that this there's so many very pivotal scenes that
0: happen in this episode. It's like holy smokes that one I, it was really hard like it, it was kind of hard to see, like read exactly how Allison was taking it I guess but I was I was more of just feeling bad for Kristen because he was just like incriminating himself when he didn't need to oh
1: yes that was like watching a car crash you, you yeah. see it happen, you see it coming and mm-hmm. you just feel helpless and you just yeah. know <laughs> he's about to incriminate himself and Allison is surprised as well and you know she just is like she does a really smart thing by not really reacting to it right away she gives her time herself time to use it to strategize and obviously by the end of the episode she has so much leverage on Kristen Cole that uh basically she's turned him from being one of Rhaenyra's pawns into being one of her own so I'm ex- excited to see how that continu- continues to develop throughout the series as well. Mm-hmm. Uh but now we can get to the wedding, the main event, which I thought was extremely well shot and directed and paced yeah. and so many great moments. Really like just peak peak uh you know Game of Thrones star- type storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um where it's set up it's always all- the weddings. Yeah. Set up all this tension, all these different dynamics going on between all these people. And you just there's such an uneasy You're like, you know, something's going to happen. But you have it could be one of a million things like you that, you know, da- Damon comes back <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's you know which Damon is always getting banished. And then he's just coming back, which is <laughs> great, too. And, and Viserys just keeps letting him come
0: back, which I think is funny. Um, and then yeah you have the people of the vale uh the family of his his now a dead wife that are like accusing him of of what he obviously did they're like <laughs> you murdered
1: Rhea. And yeah he's like prove it also you owe me the castle
0: <laughs> yeah i was like damn that's pretty ballsy
1: <laughs> yeah he's like you have no proof give me the castle and there's like you're right, there's nothing we can do about this um of course, you have Allison's entrance in the the green dress, which is the the lighthouse of of old town has yeah. burns green the fire burns green when they're at war, so obvious setting up uh the conflict that is about to go down and adding to the unease mm-hmm. um I guess I understand that the kind of there's two kind of groups once the dance of dragons really kicks off, and that's the the Greens, which I'm guessing is like Alicent and the High Towers, and then there's the Blacks, which I guess is Rhaenyra, so and her group. So I guess those are kind of the two sides, and we see this kind of evolution of the relationship with between Alicent and Rhaenyra from being friends at the beginning of the series sitting in the godswood and you know laughing with with each other mm. and talking with each other and now they're going to be enemies who cannot reconcile their differences seemingly based on what they've set up based on more of circumstance than actual feelings towards one another so i just thought that was a, that was a cool moment of, as well very cold of her to call a stepdaughter <laughs> it's like yeah oof. Oof. pulling out that card um but yeah, just all the tensions going down the, the the dancing, the spectacle of it all, the red keep looked incredible. And uh you got yeah, the all this choreography, all these extras. Mm-hmm. Um little moments with like Jason Lannister and all these other people and I thought that was great. Um uh, and then of course uh we get uh we get another little flirtatious scene between Rhaenyra and Daemon incredibly uncomfortable also they're speaking in high Mm Valyrian once again their little secret language and she's like you know just take your sword and cut through all these guys and take me to Dragonstone let's be married and you know I love how chaotic it was you couldn't you kept seeing things from people's perspectives you couldn't really tell what was going on especially when you know the stuff hit the fan with um of course Joffrey going over and kind of figuring out, okay, Kristen's obviously the lover guy, he's got it painted over his face and goes over, he's like, hey <laughs> Kristen, you're interested in Rhaenyra, I'm interested in Lenar. you know, let's work this thing out, let's have a mutual understanding and I think Kristen was in such a, like a Low state that you know you can take things incredibly personally and out of like you can misinterpret what things are being said to you when you are so emotionally riled up. Yeah, I think that's what happened, and all of a sudden chaos just is breaking out, and you are like, "What the heck is happening?" And Kristen is just wailing on Joffrey, and just has a big hole in his head by the end of the (laughs) scene. Just graphic. Ooh, yeah,
0: it was. Very exciting. I mean, a character dying at a Game of Thrones wedding. What a surprise.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, stuff is always about to go down. And then you have the nice piano music and the cross cutting between the mm-hmm. wedding that still goes on and just the, you know, the handful of people who remain and uh, Sir Kristen uh, about to fall on his own sword in the Godswood before Allison stops him and i lo- i love how they haven't even like mopped up uh joffrey's blood by the time the wedding's happening and the rats are just like eating at the remains and the yeah. wedding's still going on and of course viserys collapses and wow what a what a way to end the halfway point of the first season
0: yeah and this week is going to be the time skip right yeah the time jump 10 years
1: it's going to be weird to see yeah. different actors and actresses in in some of these roles um but i i know i believe that they casted the older actors first and then casted the younger actors to represent kind of represent them to make it a seamless transition so We'll see how it goes. It might take a few episodes to get used to it, but it's not unprecedented. I mean, they did it in The Crown, so we'll we'll see. It'll be weird. Yeah. But anything else you want to say, Holden?
0: Uh, Not really. It's a good episode.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really well done, and now we're actually getting to the the story, like the real story. So it's like, I'm like, man, these are five very good episodes, and that was just the prologue. So excited for... Uh, a few hours from now when episode six comes out and we'll of course have our review for you next podcast so holden we got to talk about a new star wars show though yeah we do and or and or not to be confused with and slash or okay all right let's dive into (laughs) our spoiler discussion
0: Yeah, Uh, so now we have a new Star Wars show, Andor. Uh, It's uh, about Cassian Andor. uh, Everybody's
1: favorite Star Wars character, Cassian. Yeah,
0: everyone's favorite Star Wars character, Cassian Andor from uh, Rogue One. Uh, This show, initially when it was announced, I think there was a collective, like, why (laughs) online?
1: (laughs) Nobody wants this
0: yeah like i would say I mean, more, so the the, more so than characters more so than the, the characters-
1: solo solo movie oh you know like nobody wanted the solo movie yeah huh? as in han solo like i think
0: fewer people wanted a cassian andor spin off tv series oh yeah for sure um but yeah, it's, I mean, you take one, I mean, that, that whole movie is full of a bunch of characters. Rogue One is full of a bunch of characters that I just don't want to see, like, independent movies of or shows. Now we have this whole TV series that's coming out. But as it was drawing closer, we got trailers and stuff, and it was sounded more and more interesting. So it became more anticipated in my eyes, and I think yours as well. Um, but now we got three episodes that dropped. Um, All at once on Wednesday, I believe. They're going to be dropping weekly after this. But we've got three episodes to talk about. Jimmy, what do you think of this?
1: I think it's a solid start. I mean, some people mm-hmm. on the internet think it's like the greatest thing to ever happen to Disney+. Plus, and I, don't, I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, I think there are moments in The Mandalorian I still like better. But, uh, hey, look, I, we haven't even gotten to the stuff that I've been really intrigued about. And that's kind of like the early Empire kind of just had this like police force I guess of the Empire I don't even know if they're officially part of it or if they're like contracted to do it I
0: see I thought it was like it's. they mentioned that this is it's like a company town or company planet or something like that so I thought it was just like a security force for like this larger company that does whatever that could be it too yeah
1: so it's like that was interesting uh, element of it. I really liked the opening fifteen minutes or so. It felt very blade Runner. I thought. <laughs> I like, yeah, it did. like <laughs> the aesthetically um kind of thematically felt like blade Runner. um I I guess um, one thing that didn't work for me that well was like the flashback of him going into the the ship and his canari people. Them drawing that over three episodes, I was like, I you could have just showed me this whole scene.
0: Yeah, especially especially the first two. Yeah, the um,
1: first two episodes, I was like, I, okay, I get it. He has a sister. He's looking for his <laughs> sister. But I was like, I am not on the edge of my seat waiting to see what happens next in this.
0: I yeah, I was more okay with it in the last episode, um, because I I kind of liked the parallels they drew there. That
1: that worked well
0: yeah um but yeah i agree the rest of it anytime it did a flashback i was like uh okay whatever <laughs> you're right they probably should have just like made episode three longer and then just had all of that in that episode or something i think
1: you could have i guess you have to establish that he's looking for his sister though but i mean i think you could do that and then oh this is a flashback this is his mm-hmm. this is cassian this is his sister i i don't know i I wonder if they played around with it. I would have liked to see a version of it where it's all tied into episode three. But, you know, maybe it doesn't work as well. Sure. Um, but I I just from watching the, the it works well in episode three. But watching it episodes one and two, I was like, I don't really care what's happening here.
0: Yeah. And in general, the first two episodes are uh, quite a bit slower um, than episode three. Um, I don't. I don't even necessarily think it was like boring because I I'm like interested in like this world they're setting up I mean I know it's Star Wars but I mean a lot of this feels very separate from Star Wars like it's a lot of new things they're introducing and yeah sure there's the Empire there's the Rebel Alliance and stuff that is is kind of forming but it's from this new time period they're just throwing in a bunch of things we've never seen like that security police force whatever it is it's all very very interesting and i i i think what people are being drawn to for this series is kind of what we've talked about on the podcast that star wars needs is is separating itself from prior uh like star wars movies and whatnot and I, I mean, th- obviously, this isn't completely separate. We, this character was in Rogue One, but I, it feels very new and everything.
1: I would say that the thing Star Wars needs the most is just compelling characters. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and well. I and I think that there are compelling characters in this. I mean, I don't know Cassian Andor. That I. The, I, I We'll see how he's fleshed out, but I would say that I don't know the character's name, but kind of the main antagonist so far. This one kind of security official who's like, we can't just brush this off. We gotta track this guy down. He can't get away with murdering two of us, and I think that guy's really interesting to watch and his just determination to to find Cassian and bring and I think him it's so to what cool. he sees I mean- as justice.
0: We'll, we'll see if he remains, like, the main villain of at least this first season or whatever, but I I just love that like, he is like this, I mean, he's not, like, super high-level officer or anything, he's just, like, this really determined policeman essentially trying to track him down, and he's not uh, a Sith Lord or an Imperial officer even or anything, it's just, it's it's so weird, this, like, just kind of little guy. <laughs>
1: well yeah arguably you could be doing the right thing it's like Mm -hmm. okay two people were murdered and my boss which that was a great scene by the way when the boss is just like oh well you know what that means they got in a fight with someone they shouldn't have and it's an unfortunate unfortunate situation but we need to just let it be Mm -hmm. um which i love that too it's kind of like uh these small like you know these small things that happen that this choice where the, this this low-ranking security official wants to do something. And his boss is saying, no, if he just follows his boss, probably the whole plot of the show doesn't happen. Yeah. But since he's like, no, I need to bring him to justice. That choice he makes, it's a choice to mm-hmm. go against his boss. And that drives the plot forward. And that's something that Star Wars has been missing too. Plot that is... Propelled by choices instead of oh this happened and now yeah. this is happening, <laughs>
0: and- especially with like the Disney Plus series um, that we've gotten lately. It, it is just a lot of things happen to people without really any input from the characters themselves. And and here's this character you know and love, and here's
1: this character you know mm-hmm. and love. Instead, it's like here's Cassie and Andor, a character you are completely just indifferent about (laughs) and and so that's interesting and then I think you know um Stellan Skarsgård's gonna be great he's just I'm I'm excited for him
0: he's already yeah I mean he's really only been was in episode two a little bit a little bit
1: but really only the third episode
0: yeah and he was already great in that I I am really he's gonna be like the best he's going to be the best way to look at like the moral ambiguity. I think of the rebel Alliance. Cause he's <laughs> like when they, when, uh, they're in interro- interrogating the, uh, the officer guy, the stone scars guys just like just kill him. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what I was like, like too. He's like, I'll um, kill, he's like, I'll kill him. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so it, it's going to be I, like, he's obviously more gruff. He's, he's more probably cynical about everything. And, uh, I think It'll be, it'll be cool. Him, him and Cassian, little duo. Um, yeah. I, the, I did want to mention um, one of the things people are also saying about the show is that it's darker than other Star Wars shows, and I think it is to an extent. I don't think go in like thinking this is going to be like R rated or anything because it's not. They're still going to try to keep it at PG thirteen, but. I mean, you do, like, in the first 15 minutes, you have Cassian just execute a guy, like, which... And also go to,
1: like, a, a strip club red light district of star wars
0: yeah and i I was surprised by that because i was expecting at any moment for one of them to be like oh yeah this is like it's insinuating like sex or something but oh no it's actually something else but no they just keep it ambiguous like it could very well be like a brothel or something that's really what it seemed to be yeah (laughs) so like it like there are darker, like more.
1: I wouldn't say like, darker is the right term. I would say mature. Like, yeah, there are more. Okay, like even That's in right. that the conversation where the 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 head guy is like, no, well, there's nothing we can do about this. They pick the fight. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a shame that these two guys got themselves killed, and we just got to leave it there. It's not. It's just. It's a lot of that stuff is, you know, just. This, it's not like Poe Dameron saying. Oh, yeah. well, when the sun goes out, that's when the hope goes away. You know, it's not like characters just clearly spelling out what is <laughs> happening. It's like a little <laughs> bit smarter than that. It's giving more credit to the audience that they can figure out what is being <laughs> implied and what is happening. Um, So I appreciate that. I, yeah, I wouldn't say darker. I would just say more mature. Yeah, that's a better word. And... I I just think the, the third episode in particular was very well directed. Like mm-hmm. incredibly well directed. Uh just little things that added to the episodes. For example, like just the people making the noises. Yeah. Just to kind of psychologically mess with these these this, you know, security force and then when it goes away, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Just kind of the pacing of everything. The action itself was very energetic and exciting the the ideas to break out and escape the whole sequence when you had those big pieces of machinery falling
0: down yeah that was that it felt dangerous like I mean I you know Cassian's not gonna die but it just felt like they could get hurt at any moment because they're just falling everywhere and yeah I, I liked that sequence a lot especially
1: and, you know, the characters feel more like people. You have the one guy who's kind of that shop owner who thinks maybe his wife is, like, having an affair or his girlfriend or whoever she is is having, like, this affair or whatever with with Cassian. And it's like he kind of takes it personally and he, he makes this choice to reveal Cassian's identity. But then you can see he regrets it. Mm-hmm. I thought him just going to get himself killed was kind of dumb. I was like, oh, I wish I would have seen a little bit. Yeah, that was kind of Like It was just the most pointless death. Like, oh, I'm going to do something, and he just runs and gets shot right away. <laughs> but I was like, okay, that guy was worthless. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, the
0: psychological, the the metal banging and everything, I, I think it that feeds into another thing I like about that third episode, which is just like the security force they are trained in everything but they're not like all powerful <laughs> mm-hmm. they are like they are also like potentially in danger and you don't know exactly what's going to happen to them but and the great part
1: too is they weren't stupid either like everybody in yes. the
0: show has been smart
1: like they're like mm-hmm. oh we're a security force how many people do we meet? well 12 should do it for one guy that makes sense okay we're gonna break up we're gonna do the pincer move we're gonna trap him we're gonna okay, yep. you got him okay, we're going to your location oh what's happening oh everybody call oh let's do this oh let's flank him around here they, they were constantly adapting to it in ways that made mm. sense. It wasn't you know something nonsensical everything in this show just felt grounded within the world that they had established, and these people actually felt real instead of just some comic like character that's just you know. I just it felt more grounded and mature, and that's what I appreciated about it. And I'm excited to see them actually delve more into okay, the early empire, this transition from yeah. an imperial senate to a full fledged dictatorship with an emperor. We, I, haven't, we haven't even, even gone to that Mothma yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten to any of that stuff yet. Like we have Kyburn from Game of Thrones being a <laughs> high ranking imperial person. I'm excited to see this infiltration or see the empire in this early form and and i'm already enjoying the show and i'm excited to see the next episode so i like that and and you t- <laughs> and you said <laughs> the rings of power one yeah. of my critiques so far of <laughs> the rings of power <laughs> is that parts of it feel real and grounded like i would say the the harfoots and the And the um, the the dwarves and Elrond and all that. I thought that feels good, but like the Galadriel stuff is like that does they don't those people in Numenor and Galadriel don't feel like real people. Mm -hmm. Like it just feels like I'm watching a fantasy happen. It doesn't feel like I'm actually transported to this world and this is how it would actually be like if this world was actually like this. And and I won't go into any more of that because this is an Andor review. But like this, it's like okay. If this actually existed, this is actually what people would be like. This is mm-hmm. what they would act like. This is what they would respond to. This is how they would think. It It feels more real. Yeah, it does. And therefore, it feels
0: much more satisfying to watch. I am, I'm wondering since they're going off world, um, almost, I. Don't think we'll spend a whole lot more time on this planet for the rest of the season would be my guess. But at the same time, I do like the city and stuff. I wouldn't mind them coming back at some point. Yeah, so. I don't know.
1: I'm excited to see like Coruscant, though. I'm yeah. for that. A couple other things we haven't talked about. The new droid is charming they somehow find a <laughs> another way to create a charming droid I like it's little gears that kind of swivel around in mm-hmm. in between some of his gaps and has like a stutter yeah that's that's charming uh the kind of adopted mother character i thought was a, yeah. a nice touch especially in that third episode kind of seeing how their relationship formed Harry potter's aunt is that who it is yes the lady who gets inflated
0: yeah uh, no no the uh because that's their that's like a different woman oh no, it's,
1: it's the- just it's just the uh what's her name dursley yeah petunia
0: i think petunia dursley
1: yeah that's her huh yes she's a little bit nicer as a cassian yes <laughs> <laughs> i did not
0: recognize her yeah. Um yeah, she's good. Um her the friend Bix uh is the love interest from Morbius. So Oh, that's what she's from. I'm like she looks familiar too. Yeah, she's in Morbius. Um she was good. I I like her and I did like the dynamic between like the the guy who <laughs> died for no reason and um that whole that whole story arc was pretty interesting, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I I'm excited to see more. Cass- I am too. cassian as a character himself i'm still like
0: we'll see yeah yeah i'm kind of that way too but everything around him seems to be more interesting which is fine i don't mind that <laughs> like <laughs> i think as long as you know the story and everything is, is pretty great it, it doesn't bother me too much if cassian himself is, is fine but and the other thing is like
1: i it just is encouraging that it's been so well directed so far mm-hmm. and that the parts that i'm less interested in those episodes have been short (laughs) so i wasn't it wasn't a a chore to watch them so we'll see if they can keep up the excitement week to week yeah uh but uh well i guess we'll come back with more info on that next week uh but we should probably dive into our our review for don't worry darling what do you think colin
0: i I just wanted to say i think this has the potential for me to be like to like it more than the mandalorian like i like the mandalorian but if this keeps with like this quality and even better i think i might like this more
1: yeah we'll see the mandalorian for me is just very inconsistent it has some yeah. of my favorite things, and then there will be two or three episodes in a row where I'm like, "What? what is happening? Let's yeah. get going, <laughs> or we're just setting up a spinoff and all that. But uh, yeah, all right. Let's talk about our non-spoiler review of Don't Worry Darling. Yes.
0: All right don't worry darling uh this movie um is directed by olivia wilde um it stars florence Pugh, harry styles uh chris pine nick kroll for some reason uh just a a bunch of people that you you know their names um but anyway this movie here's the synopsis hold on i got it right here yeah, go
1: ahead. In the 1950s, Alice and Jack live in the idealized community of Victory, an experimental company town that houses the men who work on a top secret project. While the husbands toil away, the wives get to enjoy the beauty, luxury, and debauchery of their seemingly perfect paradise. However, when cracks in her idyllic life begin to appear, exposing flashes of something sinister lurking below the surface, Alice can't help but question exactly what she's doing in victory. Holden, sounds suspenseful. Does, does it um, live
0: up to the premise for you? I do, just before we actually get into our feelings on it, uh, just, I will acknowledge there's a lot of drama behind this movie. Yeah, let's hear some of this. <laughs> yeah, Um. so I'm trying to remember exactly what all has happened. So first of all, I, some of this has come about, I, this is gonna sound like gossip and it basically is like it's just kind of go, been going around the internet I don't am not like particularly invested in this or anything but apparently Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles uh started dating at some point uh during the production of this and um don't know if there's any connection or anything but Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh have apparently not been did not get along through a lot of the filming and I don't know. People are speculating that it's because Florence Pugh has a lot of very intimate scenes with Harry Styles or whatnot, but a lot, a
1: lot of it, a lot. Yeah. There's a
0: lot of snogging as they say in Harry Potter, (laughs) but Florence Pugh has like really stayed away from like the marketing for this movie. She has really, she's done very little public appearances, like no late night appearances or not a ton on her social media, all that kind of stuff. Um, there was a whole thing that people thought that Harry Styles spat on Chris Pine. (laughs) There's like a (laughs) video of them, the premiere at like Venice and Chris Pine has like this weird reaction to Harry Styles sitting down next to him. And it kind of looked like maybe, but apparently that didn't happen. Um, gosh, what else? Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of random stuff. You can look it up. There it's on it's arguably even more in, like interesting than the movie. There's just so much drama behind this. And it, I think I don't think it was a marketing stunt, but I think it definitely did help this movie uh in terms of box office because it seems like it's doing pretty well. Um anyway, the movie itself, I think this movie is kind of bad. <laughs> I think it's fine.
1: I think it's okay, like it's it's not fantastic, but it's mm-hmm. entertaining enough. If that if the trailer's like, "Oh, I, I don't want to see that." And you watch it you're like, "Yeah, that was all right." I think I <laughs> think that's kind of be going to be the feeling you have walking out of the theater. Um yeah. I could see some people really liking this movie though. I I could see it. It's not it's not I wouldn't call it I wouldn't go bad. I would say it's
0: it's a big swing, which, you know, that's just yeah. nice to see. But does I remember it do- you used, I, what are you, right, you going to say? I was just going to say, I remember when we first watched the trailer, you, you said something like that. Like, this looks like a, it's it's a big swing and it'll either it could be very good or just not. <laughs> yeah.
1: And does it deliver on everything? I would say no for me. I mm-hmm. It didn't deliver at the end for me it's kind of oh what's going on what's really going on i'm like that's what's going on okay i don't even think it's all that original
0: <laughs> but no um no it's i think the pr- the problems with me lie mostly in the story and kind of the pacing i won't even i don't even necessarily think it feels too long cuz it's not like i was bored or anything i think this movie is a little over two hours long, or something. Um, but there, there's just a lot of weird things in it that I think it, it'd be easier to talk about than spoilers that I, I don't like. I think, from a production standpoint, it's pretty good. Like, I think this is the way this world, this like 1950s utopia th- almost kind of world looks, is very well done. Set design and costumes and everything, I think it looks great.
1: Yeah. I agree. Um I would say my biggest thing is I have talked to Holden about this after the movie too. I was just talking about how like I hate the the how in movies when someone is being gaslit mm-hmm. or they're like you're oh no, this is how you're being, you're acting crazy and we know as an audience member that they're they're not that they saw it that way or maybe they're an unreliable narrator or whatever. Whatever that is. Okay, that's yeah. fine. But when that character who is seeing the things that nobody else is seeing then doesn't think about how other people will perceive Yeah, how when they tell them this information like they don't think ahead to like oh well if I just start spewing this information to everybody like just shouting it or just calling people out in the middle of public about things or confronting people and just then you are acting insane like you need yeah. to like if you want to be taken rationally then like yes you have this insane information but then come from like okay here here's how i'm going to go about this without coming off as insane rather than i'm just going to come off insane and not think about how other people are going to perceive me and that's the part of this movie that just is like oh my gosh it just seems like a set of, such a plot convenient thing to happen like that is what's driving the plot is Florence Pugh's character starts to see these things that she's convinced are real everybody else is gaslighting her but then she's just like nobody
0: believes me All oh, oh, oh. and she's
1: like just acting like an <laughs> insane <acting> person insane. <laughs> well, it's like nobody's gonna believe you if you are acting how an insane person would act in this situation
0: yeah I mean uh I guess along uh, kind of with that um uh, despite the script for her i florence Pugh does a great job in this I think.
1: I think so too i think she gives a good performance
0: yeah and i mean she's she's pretty good in everything she's in I, i'm at this point i'm just excited whenever she's in a new movie coming out but um yeah i in general i think the performances are pretty good uh, olivia wilde is in it herself she does good um how do you feel about Harry styles? I thought he was fine. I think yeah, I don't think he was
1: bad as like some people are saying, Oh, he's bad. I'm like, I I think he was fine.
0: Yeah, I it I think he's just not on the level of everyone else. Um, but yeah, it is he's, weird he's, that there's just this British guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even like come into the plot at all or anything. It's like, why is no. there this British guy in this American nineteen fifties utopia? Like you would yeah, think that exactly. would maybe play a part and it just doesn't it's just no he just is a british
0: guy yeah it's funny but um i'm trying to think what else i okay one thing i can critique about this movie um without spoilers is i think the score for this is kind of bad i don't know how, a, if you've there's a it is a non-stop soundtrack
1: at some points or it's just like 1950s hit, 1940s hit, 1950s hit. 19, it's like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's a relentless.
0: <laughs> well, I like the like the actual the licensed music they have. I don't have a problem with. That's whatever. I mean, like you said, the relentless barrage that it has, like, almost reminds me of like Cruella. <laughs> Remember yeah, that? Yeah, it was uh, reminiscent of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. But I think like the original score for it, and I think it mostly bothered me towards the end of the movie. Um. It. I think it. It, there's it's it, at best it's unoriginal and boring and at worst it drastically like distracted me from certain scenes
1: I don't know I thought it was I thought it was fine I thought it, it a lot of action drums going on um, yeah John it's done by John Powell who's done yeah great things he he just did how to train your dragon for one mm-hmm. Um, I don't know I, I didn't think the score was bad personally
0: sure Fair enough. Um uh, what else? Um I don't know what else can we talk about non-spoilers with this movie, Jimmy?
1: I don't know. I don't know if we need to talk anything about anything else non-spoiler wise other than that look, it's a it's a thriller. Mm-hmm. If you're into psychological thrillers and the trailer interested you, go see it. You'll have a good enough time, I think. Um does it satisfy? Probably not, but it's a fun enough ride and interesting enough concept, uh, but I think a lot of it just is like Yeah a good version of this is when you think back to what happens during the movie, it's like, oh my gosh, that's better. Like for me, like, mm-hmm. you know, Saw the ending of Saw, I look back at the rest of the movie, I'm like, oh I oh, that's great, how this is and that's great. And it, it, it clicks more into place when you think about it and all these things start you figure out and piecing things together in, in your head. Upon reflection, whereas this movie, it, it wraps up and I look, think back and I'm like, well, that doesn't really make sense or well, that yeah. doesn't really, it, <laughs> it makes it worse to think back than it actually does to not reflect on the movie, which I don't think is a sign of, of quality, um, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I think this movie it it would be worse on rewatch. Honestly, like you you oh absolutely. It. I think this is a you watch it
1: once and then you get off the roller coaster and you you go and get you know you ride the <laughs> Ferris wheel.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's disappointing. I didn't really love it, despite uh, I really do like Booksmart, which was her previous movie, um, but also completely different beast. So. <laughs> Alright, yeah. so, yeah, who's it for? If you like psychological thrillers, if you thought
1: it was interesting, I think you'll get enough enjoyment out of it. Who's it not for? If you saw the trailer and you're like, eh, on
0: the fence, don't, don't go see it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holden, did you want to give a rating? Yeah, I think I will give it a four and a half out of ten. Alright, so there you go. It has been established. Yes. Would you <laughs> give it on Letterbox then?
1: What? What did you give it on Letterbox? And if you gave I think I gave a
0: it a half. four, but I can't give halves. Yeah, um, and I it's two and a half talking, and a half stars, two point three five stars, so. two and a half stars, or like two stars. I gave it
1: basically two point two five stars is yes. the math on yes. that that I need to do correctly. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about spoilers.
0: Yes. All right, spoilers for Don't Worry Darling. Um, so I before we like even get into like the twists and everything. Um, one thing that really bothered me at the beginning of the movie is it felt it f- like sh- she starts like noticing things are wrong like right away in the movie. Um, which I don't necessarily have a problem with because it I mean, that makes the plot start moving quickly already and there's there's really no downtime at the beginning of the movie. But it felt weird because then you have the party scene. After there's a couple scenes of her noticing some like little things. Then you have the party scene of her um, at Chris Pine's house and there's the one woman there who's going crazy or whatever to them. And to me, it felt like the things before it she started noticing these things for, like, no reason, really. She started, like, breaking this this uh, simulation, I guess, for, like, no reason. It would have made sense for me if that was, like, the start, right? It it just felt like it was, like, out of order a bit. Um, She has, like, the scene with the eggs and everything, and there, there's another one before that, too. And that, it to me, it didn't feel like it felt right at the beginning of the movie. I don't know how you felt about it. You're saying she started that started pulling on the string and unraveling everything too soon i just i i I, I don't know i think she shouldn't have started noticing things before that party is what i'm thinking maybe move the party earlier in the movie or something that's fine but the just the like couple instances before that party it felt really out of place like she started noticing these things for no reason and if it had been after the party then she would have uh, the you know she, the one woman, was yelling those crazy ramblings. Got her thinking and whatever.
1: Okay, I'm thinking back. What the heck does the plane crash even mean? I don't know. <laughs> so I, like, yeah, I didn't even thought I'm like, why?
0: What is that <laughs> like? What even caused that? Yeah, because it's all a simulation. So, like, is that just like a glitch? I get like, what? I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe that's how you're supposed to think. But I guess maybe that the, the more she,
1: the more apparently, like maybe you could defend it as the trend in the movies that the more she doubts the reality, the more things go haywire. Mm-hmm. Like the eggs, you know, there's nothing in the eggs when she's kind of having doubts. The house starts to press in on itself and it it's just starts breaking that way. But it's weird that, okay, a plane crash in the distance. Also, That person's just dead. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. And it's, like, three miles away in the desert past this (laughs) line you're not supposed to go. What was, like, what was she planning on doing is the other thing. Like,
0: (laughs) that's, yeah. Yeah, that seems really, really dumb on her part. And if there's Um, a plane
1: crash in this facility, (laughs) you would think that there would be people there to, to handle it. Yeah. So also happened on the other side of the mountain so i that part's just like okay
0: whatever. i did want to mention um that yeah i mean you mentioned like the walls pressing in i think this movie thinks it's way smarter than it actually is too um it because this movie it, in some ways it's almost pretentious in some ways because there's all these like random visions she has and it, it none of it really means anything aside from like the fact that she is being gaslit li- gas and everything and, and maybe like there's some stuff about men i don't know be not being great or whatever i don't know but like it it i don't know it just feels like there's no meaning behind a lot of it and it's there's just a lot of like the, these symbols for no reason i don't know if you felt that way
1: well even like the the images of like the dancers it's like mm-hmm. that really wasn't they had no significance other than I guess that's just what is memorized. that's what hypnotizes you. Yeah. It's like why are they dancers? Does that matter? Um Yeah, so the more she doubts the simulation the more it starts to break, which mm-hmm. why does that happen? I don't know. I Yeah. It's it just like a,
0: a pretty big glitch in your system. Like <laughs> I don't know. Um, but as soon as as soon as one starts breaking immersion, then it'll just keep m- making it easier to break immersion. <laughs> like It's yeah. interesting.
1: Um, so obviously the, the big twist is yeah. that she's just laying in bed and her boyfriend in the modern have, day, in the modern day, her boyfriend is feels like self-conscious about not being able to Take care of his wife to like not be the breadwinner.
0: L- listens to like an incel podcast.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> and um, goes through this victory program mm-hmm. of like organized chaos and is like hypnotizing her t- so she lives in the simulation where he's like perfect and she's perfect and it's this utopia. Um, which why is it the nineteen fifties? Like, okay, I think it's I.
0: I think it's just because, like, I mean, the the vision, like, what we think of that time is, you know, the man being the breadwinner of the house, woman staying mm-hmm. at home and everything. And it doesn't dive too... It's not, like... <laughs> it's not as overtly, like... Um, like uh it's not as overt about its criticism of men as like men the movie men is oh I don't well think. yeah <laughs> but it's <laughs> hard that, to be less overt <laughs> than the yeah, movie, yeah. <laughs> um but i think it's i think that's part of it is like oh so it's this like podcast uh, run by this guy who thinks that oh may i don't know if necessarily men are superior is the right way of saying it but like maybe men are losing power in the modern home and everything so he makes this this place that go back to the time when that was the big ideal and everything that's just what you think of so that that's my guess is why is just because you think of the 50s you think of the man being the head of the house and that's like okay the the
1: perfect life and that was really (laughs) when that idea was like oh you can have your perfect American dream kind of yeah. video. so it, yes. yeah makes sense from that and that uh, that's been played out through other pop culture means too like yeah Pleasantville with uh is Toby Maguire in that one something like- yeah
0: I've have you seen that yeah I have actually okay. it's a decent it's been on my list I haven't watched with it yet. Don Knotts <laughs> what are you doing here in Pleasantville oh yeah Reese Witherspoon's in that movie yeah too. Reese Witherspoon um
1: yeah so like that and other things um but uh yeah chris pine's character i we never see the real world version of him here's my thing is like okay you you want to live you're like oh i need to take care of my girlfriend who's a doctor Mm -hmm. who likes her job and i'm just gonna kidnap her into this simulation based on my own insecurities yeah you could just ask hey do you want to live in a perfect world where we don't have to worry about anything
0: or not yeah it it seems weird that the movie implies that there was no conversation at all and i mean if then she refuses and then he kidnaps her then I mean, it's obviously still not great, but it would make more sense than just kidnapping her being the first move. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It seems weird. And also, I don't, like, the logistics of the simulation, I guess I don't need to know the science behind it. That's fine. Like, movie or sci-fi, whatever. But it, like, I don't know. How does, like, no one notice she's just missing? Yeah, like... Or so she's a very important doctor that works a lot, and somehow she's nobody's been calling for
1: her or anything.
0: And also, I was thinking, like, in the real world, like, how is I assume he's like feeding her or like, how does she get sustenance? Like, he was dripping water on her lips. Yeah,
1: I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, you, like, the machinery they show in the real world does not seem to do it like her having her eyes wide no. open and watching this that doesn't seem to make sense it would make more sense if she was like had like you know stuff plugged into her like or like this sensors and stuff over her head and stuff and IVs and different things and hooked up to a little bit more advanced machinery but I don't know how you do that when you just <laughs> this the greasy unemployed <laughs> boyfriend or whatever I guess he has to have a job because that's where he goes for yeah. eight hours a day into the real world um but yeah i'm just like it's it's just dumb i just like, like that that's okay that was the big twist huh it's just first it, i'm like first off she's just got to have higher standards for who she's dating yeah this <laughs> greasy conspiracy theorist
0: he and yeah i don't I don't know. I, we we you had talked about before. You thought the twist was going to be they're going to be robots. Um, the wives were going to be robots. Yeah, I least. thought she
1: was going to be like an AI at one
0: point. Yeah, which honestly, I was expecting that through most of the movie, and I think that just would have worked better. And I, I think I know so too
1: because he's like, "Oh, you were the one of the first to challenge me, or whatever." And like, I yeah. thought they're going to be like, "You pass. You're the you pass the test." And
0: yeah, it, it would be like almost like Westworld, and I, I know there's other. I think the Stepford Wives has like a similar plot. I keep seeing, uh, I've never seen it, but I, I seen a lot of comparisons. Um, and I think that may be like they're robots or something like that in that movie. But, um, yeah, even if it's not fully original, I think that twist just works better than in a dumb virtual reality that doesn't work very well. And the logistics of it don't make any sense. And what? Well, well, OK, what was the deal at the end of the movie with like the lights exploding? I guess um, I think they were
1: all starting to doubt the simulation and that's what happened. OK, is my guess.
0: I, I was just like, I don't understand why that's happening. But and I think there's like there's interesting concepts with the twist with like Olivia Wilde's character that she like chose to be there. Um, because yeah of her.
1: that's that's interesting because she's like my children are dead in real life that you know, yeah that's I'm like yeah that's the interesting part of the simulation thing like, that's the interesting question it's like in its inception
0: <laughs> you have
1: the they go down and the people are dreaming and they they are have horrible lives in the real life but yeah. they get to spend like you know every night they get to spend like five days or a week or whatever it is in this better world when Mm there's in their dreams and the the guy there is like well who's who are you to tell what's reality and what's not maybe their reality is in this other place and then this is their you know their better reality let them define their own reality if that's better for them that's the interesting question i think it's more interesting of like hey you get this choice it gets to be better now decide it would maybe be like most of this is like based on the twist and like the twist. Okay. So that makes this movie enjoyable to watch once, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't hold up when you rewatch it. Whereas the, maybe the more compelling movie is that the, the, it is this thinking or maybe halfway you half of the movie. You don't know what's going on. Then you reveal the twist halfway through. And then the rest of the movie is, do you want to live here? Now it is your choice. And maybe it established that it is better than her life. You know, and and then like, would do you accept these things as as not real? And you know, like, can you choose what your reality is, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing? I think that's a more compelling movie than this, which doesn't I hold agree. up when you think about the rest of it. Um, or maybe it's like they're all like everybody in here is all bought into this, and then mm-hmm. they like this life, and then things start to be weird, and they try to deny it being weird, like they're trying to mm-hmm. shut it off rather than you know, dig deeper.
0: Yeah, there's just like there there are more interesting ways to explore this than I think what they did. Yeah. Um, like
1: I said, this whole movie is the twist is what it relies on. And the twist is yeah. not very interesting. Whereas like there's just more intriguing themes and questions here that you could also, still have a twist, but yeah. the whole movie's not the quality of the movie is not hinged on the twist.
0: Also I just want to say the the people Chris Pine and whoever else the people who like run the simulation are like idiots too <laughs> like trying to cover up stuff. They are so ungodly bad at it sometimes <laughs> like the doctor leaving the briefcase for any any amount of time in Florence Pugh's house when he's there and like clearly just like understands that she's becoming more aware. And also, I I almost la- there were a couple there were a few times in this theater I tried not to laugh because I know I knew other people in the theater are probably enjoying it. But when she looks over at the file and at the very top it says security risk. It's just open yeah. there. It's printed at the, the like weirdly at the top of the folder, like so you could see it over the other stuff. I was like, you would never do that. What the heck? <laughs> you'd
1: think you'd have a separate briefcase for that. Okay, especially whatever. in a I utopian mean, world you know yes like you yes. would think yeah um gosh i was gonna say something and now i forgot what it was shoot but maybe we should get moving on anything other any uh, other final thoughts hold on. Oh,
0: uh, we didn't mention the fact that chris pine's wife just kills him at the end of the movie for no oh, that's reason. what i was
1: that was what i was gonna say first off <laughs> why does she do that um <laughs> and the other reason other thing is why do they die in real life if they die in this like yeah like, no, like, again, compared to Inception, a movie that's more interesting than this, mm-hmm. they they don't, like, die, die. They get stuck in this limbo where their brain gets melted over, you know, and they can't perceive time. And even if they do wake up, whatever. Sure. Like, that makes sense. This is just, like, I guess they just think they're dead, so then their body just dies. I, who knows? Yeah. Give us, but they're aware give us... that they're
0: in the simulation, so why don't they just wake up? give us a dumb reason like they have a stroke or something like just give us something (laughs) instead of nothing (laughs) yeah yeah
1: uh does not hold up when you think about it so are are we ready to to move on to our final segment holden
0: yeah i think so
1: all right sweet holden what are you doing What doing?
0: what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you All right. Uh, So, what have I been doing? First of all, Jimmy, uh, I did not have time to watch *Lord of the Rings* this week, but I did have time (laughs) to rewatch *Morbius* two times. Why did you do? I mean, they added it to Netflix. It is on Netflix. Um, so one time, it was actually both times. It was because I was intoxicated. So. and it was very funny watching it drunk. I will say that was that's the only reason why I agreed to do it twice. Um,
1: You've spent six hours of your life watching Morbius.
0: Actually, four and a half because the movie is only an hour and a half long. It says hour forty-four in here. Okay, well, let's settle I'll, for five. Yeah, <laughs> we'll compromise. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I have seen more Morbius uh, than I really needed. Uh, in my life but whatever it was funny Uh, but uh, other movies that I actually enjoyed um, I watched both Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein the originals Um, very entertaining Uh, Frankenstein one I mean I knew like the entire movie before going into it but I like knew nothing about the Bride of Frankenstein I had just heard that some people like it more than the original I'd say I do I both are incredibly like well-made films and they're both pretty short just like an hour each i was really surprised by Fr- bride of frankenstein because i didn't really know where it was going but yeah i've got peacock for a year because i they had a good deal going on so <laughs> okay. it was like 20 dollars for a year or something so Time like, to oh, i'll just rewatch parks and rec huh yeah and the office i don't know there's 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 some a handful of movies on there i can just watch halloween ends in the comfort of my home jimmy yeah, but we're gonna see that out in the theater, Olden. That's true. We're we're gonna pay money for that. Um, a couple other movies I watched. I watched Cha Cha Real Smooth, uh, which is the new movie from the director of Shit House on Apple TV Plus really liked it. I don't like it as much as Shithouse, um uh, but I thought it was a pretty good movie liked and I'm it. not gonna bleep that out because it's the name of a movie. It is the name of the movie, so also I didn't know you bleep uh that word. I thought you only did f bombs Jimmy yes, uh okay. no,
1: I'd bleep out anything uh oh. that is considered a swear, word. but since it's a movie, don't flag us. Alright, don't flag I, uh, I us do for think, that. It's the name of the
0: movie, okay? Yeah, I uh, I think it's funny if Jimmy just bleeps out random words that aren't swear words. <laughs> <laughs> he should do that more often. Um, but then the other one I watched was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, classic Western starring uh, Robert Redford and Paul Newman. And it was really good. Liked that nice. one a lot. Um, yeah, and I'm making my way through Succession, liking that a lot. It is just House of the Dragon but the business world. Um. I think. Oh, I I platinum trophy God of War, Jimmy. There you go. You found a, found all of Odin's Ravens, huh? I did, yes. And I did refight the uh, Valkyrie Queen even though I'd already done it before. It wasn't as bad the second time, but I think a lot of that was cuz I had practice before and I remembered a lot. Yeah, but still died a few times on that one. What'd you do, Jimmy? I, Holden, watched
1: some more Game of Thrones. In fact, may have had some of House of the Dragon spoiled by Game of Thrones. Really? <laughs> yes, because there's a scene where, it, we're in season three right now, and uh, there's a scene where Joffrey, the king, is just romping around, talking about talking to Queen, uh, or not Queen Marjorie, I guess, Lady Marjorie. Uh, he's she's kind of winning him over, and they're walking through like the Sept or whatever, and he's just talking about how all these different Targaryen people came to their demise, and I was like, is that the same person that's in one of the same characters <laughs> in House of the Dragon? I mean, the the news. I mean, it could not it might not be. I haven't looked it up because you know there are like three or four Aegon Targaryens. There are three like Renice Targaryen. You know whatever. So it's like yeah. it could, it could be a different person. But I was like, oh, interesting. I didn't. I kind of halfway heard it. As soon as they brought up the name, I kind of tried to tone out, tune out what was happening. So yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just heads up if you're rewatching Game of Thrones, uh, maybe just skip ahead 30 seconds when you see Joffrey and Marjorie running around talking about how different Targaryens kind of met their fate. Um, but yeah, so interesting stuff there. Otherwise, I'm trying to think real hard if I've done anything else. I don't think so. Just rewatching my Uzi the Iceman documentaries because it's Uzi week. Really interesting story. If you don't know it, Iceman Murder Mystery documentary on P on YouTube. It's from PBS. If you just look up Iceman Murder Mystery, it's like 50 minutes. Really interesting stuff you've never researched it before uh i think that's all i got holden so take us home
0: okay so next oh
1: emily just sent me a message from the other room i went to i went to the woman king thank you emily from the other room who's listening in on this (laughs) Uh, i went to the woman king i totally blanked this out on friday night holden that's why i couldn't see this on friday uh don't worry darling it was pretty good i enjoyed it uh Viola Davis is exceptional mm-hmm. shocker <laughs> um it's also got a uh, new 007 what's her name uh oh gosh blanking on that actress's name she was good and it's got John Boyega who's really good in it too okay. um it's kind of a historic epic sort of thing I think it's a little long I think there's a couple different uh, there's like couple character dynamics i'm like i don't think you really needed that i would have taken that out to make the movie shorter but action wise it is pretty great it's a pretty just great battle sequences and stuff and just cool history honestly learning about this culture that existed um from what i understand they did take a lot of creative liberties but still it's like that's pretty cool that there's this kind of elite force of women um and it was it was interesting and so i yeah i would recommend it definitely um okay. if, if you were intrigued by the trailer i think it's it's a solid movie that's worth seeing yeah and um yeah like i said got some some great action great performances so yeah uh yeah, it worth checking out i
0: might have to watch it so thank you emily for texting me from the <laughs> other room all right now what do we got holding? Okay. Uh so next week we've got House of the Dragon. We've got Andor. Um movie-wise, we could go see Barbarian Jimmy. We could. It's tempting. We might. We might. I don't think there's particularly a new movie coming out next week we want to see uh cuz uh, unfortunately Halloween ends is still a few weeks away, but um yeah, we'll I,
1: we'll do something. We'll I, find I, something. Speaking of Peacock, I got a notification from them. I don't know why, but you can uh, you can stream the extended version of Jurassic World <laughs> Dominion olden. So there you that's go. That's right. I
0: saw that on there. <laughs> You're $20 hard at work. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tauntpodcast.gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. I think that's it, Jimmy.
1: Awesome. We'll see you next week. And adios pantalones.
0: Love you. (laughs)
1: That one movie podcast. (sighs) Tom